Are you a member or attender of Saddleback Church who has not yet taken class 201? If that's you, uh, or any of the classes, or any class, of course our emphasis is 201, because that's, that's the discipleship class that we're a big part of. That's true. Uh, but if you have not taken, if you have taken not all, or none, or just some, what a variety of, of options. Classes, take whatever class you've not taken this weekend at Saddleback. You can do it here at Lake Forest. You can do it at a campus near you. Uh, we teach class 201, so obviously we love that. We teach habits of spiritual growth. But obviously, take class 101 before you take class 201. Take them in order. They're all built to help you along your spiritual journey, help you to know Jesus better, help you to walk with him, connect with our church family, and all that good stuff. Class 101 is our membership class, so you've got you've to gotta start there. You will really enjoy it. And then go on to class 201 where you can see us, at least if you're here in Lake Forest. By us, uh, he doesn't mean me. I won't be there. But... Um, how you can do that is go online, go to saddleback.com slash class, and it'll give you a little drop-down menu with all the campuses, so you can choose the campus that's nearest you. And then it'll show you the next days for class, which is uh, Sunday, June 10th. So you can um, register for that. Uh, we'd love to see you. Absolutely. Now enjoy the episode. Hey, and welcome to Doable Discipleship. This is a Saddleback Church podcast and YouTube show designed to help you deepen your walk with Jesus, your friendship with God, uh, or as we affectionately call it, the show that helps you grow. We do. My name is Doug Jones. If you haven't met us yet. If you haven't met us yet, hi, I'm and Jason. <laughs> you are. I was getting there. I'm Jason. <laughs> I was just being a warm, friendly hello. Oh, yes. uh, so today, so this is a week two of a series of episodes inspired by Pastor Tom Holliday's book, The Relationship Principles of Jesus. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding it up. You can see it right there. Beautiful. Yeah. And so last week we covered principle number one, which is nothing is more important than relationships. We also gave you a task at the end, if you remember. Um, so the question is, how did you do? How did you do with your task? Um, I hope that you did well. And if you didn't, go back and try it again. Um, yeah, and if you didn't watch or listen to that episode at all, go back and do that, of course. That too. Yeah. Um, so, and that, so this week, we're moving on to principle number two, which Doug is about to uh, unveil for us now. Yeah, this is a big one. This one is love as Jesus loves you, which carries us into, I believe it's day three of Pastor Tom's uh you know, 40-day, or excuse me, week three of Pastor Tom's 40-day process through the relationship principles of Jesus. And the theme verse for this week is John 13, 34, which says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Yeah, so last week we looked at Mark 12, um, where Jesus told us the most important commandments were to love God and love others, um, affectionately called the Great Commandment. Mm -hmm. Um, So in John 13, what we just said uh, is that Jesus issues a new commandment, and that's to love one another as I have loved you. And he doesn't just stop there, by the way. He says, this is proof that you are my disciples. So effectively, he's saying, prove you are my disciples by loving each other the yeah. way I have loved you. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, it's it's a big deal, and it's what Pastor Tom refers to as the impossible challenge, right? And that is to love with the love of Jesus, right? Which ultimately, when you think about it, is beyond <laughs> human ability even, Yeah. Um, because we are imperfect creatures, um, loving imperfect creatures, and so uh, it's not going to go as well as it 
you may hope it does each time. So it's called the Impossible Challenge, and we can only succeed in this challenge with the power that Jesus alone can supply. Yeah. That's a, that's a super important part. Right? If you think that that true love is easy, uh, I would I would venture to guess it's you're probably doing it wrong, right? <laughs> like, it's it's hard work yeah. is what we're getting at, um, but it's worth working towards. Yeah, Tom really emphasized the point that um, that this is something you just cannot do without supernatural help, because to love people the way Jesus loves requires doing things that go against the typical grain of human nature. Like, we tend, if we come to a fork in the road, to want to do the selfish thing, to do the yeah. thing that focuses on us. So loving this way is... Uh, way harder than it's easy to talk about it's yeah. very hard to do hard to put into practice yeah um so we got this great quote here from pastor tom if you're following along in the book with us it's on page 117 uh he says much of what we call love is actually polite selfishness we say i love you but we really mean i love you because because of what you do for me because you're pretty because you're handsome because you're smart because you're rich or we really mean i love you if Right. If you meet my needs, if you are not too much trouble, or we mean I love you when, when I'm successful, when I've had a good day, when I feel like it. Mm. See, but Jesus calls us to a higher kind of love. Yeah, Th- that quote is really it, it's really a solid burn. <laughs> it's like it's calling out the kind of love that we typically do, which is the kind that is very often focused on trying to get something back out of the other person, which we'll talk about more in just a little while. Uh, But what we're going to do today is we're going to go through a biblical guide to love that Tom lays out in the book. Uh, And we're going to go through a few just basic principles that sound very easy and sound very simple, but are actually a big challenge. So the first one that we're going to cover is, first, got to be patient, because we're looking at 1 Corinthians 13, 4, which is known as the the love chapter. I mean, this is the spot where the you have chapter. Paul laying out, love is patient, love is kind, love is et cetera, et cetera, and we're going to go through, uh, through those today. But the first one is, love is patient. And being patient means that we have to set aside our own agendas so that we can accommodate somebody else's agenda. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about this idea that relationships are more important than tasks. It's easy to get sucked into to focus on getting things done, doing. We talked about the idea that we, we often feel like we need to justify our existence by accomplishing things. And so it can be really tough to set aside the things that we either are entertained by or that we really enjoy or that we feel like are most important in order to let somebody else's needs or somebody else's, uh, the things that have their attention, take our attention as well. Uh, and again, this is one of those things that sounds easy. It sounds like, just be more patient with people. Yeah, I can do that. That's that's no big deal. That's easy. But the reality is that for each of us, myself included, my agenda is really important to me. And it's hard for me to pull myself off task. And it can be really aggravating when I'm asked to slow down, stop what I'm doing, maybe even, and accommodate somebody else's needs. And it could be simple things like you're in the middle of something at work and someone walks up and taps you on the shoulder and starts asking you questions or uh, needs help with a project or something like that. That can be aggravating. It can be that person that um, just misses, misses the social cues and, and holds your <laughs> attention for longer than you, than you want and you're trying to get away from that conversation, get back to your thing. You tend to get impatient because you prioritize a task over people. Um, it could be even like an example that I... An example that my wife and I deal with all the time is like when we're home, like watching TV or something like that. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll have a show on, and Joyce, my wife, is extremely extremely inquisitive. She has questions. She's always thinking about um, 
she's always examining the motives of people, why they do what they do, and what's the, like, what's the purpose, or what's the meaning behind that, or why do you think that happens? Full of questions whenever we're watching something, <laughs> whatever it is, fictional, documentary, doesn't matter. Let's talk about the moral quandary here. That yeah. they're <laughs> <laughs> or she's reflecting on things. She's like, can you imagine what it would have been like to be this person? I'm like, I'm just trying to hear what's going on. You're like, show. well, this was a fictional account. So, <laughs> so Joyce and I, have had to work through this patience thing because she's full of questions when we're watching something and I have to be willing to stop, give her my attention, process the thing, and then go on. So we fall in love with the pause button. And Joyce now will just say, can you pause it for just a second? <laughs> That's like a phrase that always comes out. Can you pause it for just a second? <laughs> pause it, stop, give her my attention, and then you know, talk through the thing and then go on. But we've got to be willing to break our attention off from the thing that's most important to us because if we are unwilling to do that, then we are, we are by definition, prioritizing ourselves and our own needs over the needs of someone else. Yeah, I think, I think this comes into play, too, when we're talking about that love is patient. It, it's patient in terms of, like, sometimes we want to approach something our own way, yeah. and another person, though, has their own way of approaching it. So, like... It, an example with my wife and I is she um, is a processor, so she likes to take her time, hmm. think through like what it is that she is thinking or feeling about a situation, and then talk about it. Whereas I'm more of a let's talk about it now, and you know <laughs> let's talk, you know kind of thing. So I've I've learned to be patient and say okay, I got I got a way. <laughs> I got I know that she needs time to think this through. Yeah, and it's probably good for me to take time to think this through too. Yeah, um, instead of just you know trying to hark it out right away. So so I think there's multiple facets of this idea of love is patient. Yeah. All are super vital. But the key is is don't try to rush through your relationships. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Take your time point. with it. Yeah. Um that's great. Okay. So our second thing that we want to talk about in a biblical guide to love is be kind. Love is kind, it says in 1 Corinthians 13 4. Uh, so Kindness kind of sounds like a low-impact word, and, and I get that, but it is among the, the most important ingredients to a healthy relationship. Yeah. Kindness. Kindness means taking positive action to serve someone else, yeah. and most often this can be done in just the little things. So what we're talking about here is, is serve one another, just be kind to one another, is do acts of kindness. It can be something even as basically simple as opening up the car door for your spouse or, you know, like giving a compliment to your kids yeah. or bringing a coffee to a coworker, you know, like whatever, just, j- just little things that reinforce and build up your relationships. Yeah. I think it, it's, it's something that can be easily missed, but it's something that's so valuable is if you <clears throat> want to invest and prioritize and empower and build up your relationships with people, it, it goes a long way to do just little simple acts of kindness. Yeah. Sometimes we we think we're being kind in relationships, I think because we 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 bear in mind the things that we tell ourselves we would do for somebody. So like we measure our love for somebody based on on a grand gesture that we say we would do if sure. needed. Like uh, so we'll say things like, I would die for this person, or I would give anything for this person, and I would do this and that. And and I think when we do that, we give ourselves, we we kind of, we make, we inflate our own picture of how well we're loving somebody else. Yeah. Like when I when I think of like 
uh, my family members. I think I would lay down my life for any of these people. And that gives me this feeling of, I must really love them if I'm willing to do that. But then I can look at a myriad of ways that I fail to love them on a daily basis in the small things. And in reality, the health of those relationships actually lays or rests more heavily on the little things that I do or don't do to show kindness to them throughout the average day than it does on some grand sacrifice, some Mm -hmm. theoretical thing that I might someday have to do but probably won't. Um, So we we sort of, we can... We can see our love for others incorrectly sometimes because we, we look through a lens of what we'd be willing to do and not through the lens of what we're actually doing day to day. Because the things that you are or aren't doing are actually the things that are either bolstering or polluting your relationship day in and day out. Yeah, and I think this comes into play a little bit when we talk in a couple points, uh, and don't be selfish, but, but ideally, like what we're talking about is changing the, the way that you think to not just be so self-focused but mm-hmm. to think about others. In, right. And that's where the, those acts of kindness comes in. Yeah. Because oftentimes it's something that you're doing for yourself, like, say, opening up a door into a store or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're doing that for yourself. But then are you thinking in turn, is, is there somebody right behind me that I can keep this door open for? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the little act of kindness because it's, it's moving beyond what you've done or thought of for yourself and then is thinking about somebody else and taking action in that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so kindness, remember, kindness is taking positive action. It's, 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 it's doing something that is, that, that is real and tangible for others. It's one thing to say you have a feeling for somebody, but to actually, uh, to actually set out to do something for that person, no matter how small, is where that love that you say you have is actualized, where it's made real. Yes. Otherwise, it's just theoretically. It's all in your mind. And then you can think of yourself as, as better off than you are. Think of kindness in terms of actual deeds done to it's others. doable discipleship. If you will, and I yep. know you will. <laughs> uh, number three, so we've talked about be patient, be kind. Number three, we're also in uh, 1 Corinthians 13.4 for this one as well. We'll move on to 1 Corinthians 13.5 momentarily. Uh, but don't be proud. And the, the, the verbiage from that verse says, love does not envy, it does not boast, and it is not proud. One reason why I think this is worth pointing out, and why Paul does it, while we're focus, why we're focusing on it now, is is that pride is really the ultimate enemy of relationships. Because if we think of pride, like I heard Pastor Tom describe pride one time as, actually a couple times, as self-focus. Pride is essentially placing yourself at the center and orienting others around you. So others are arranged. Uh, they're sort of incidental to your existence, but you're the center, you're the primary one. And so when we're focused on ourselves, it is by definition impossible, or at least extremely difficult, to focus on others. So pride is is ultimately what's at the root of the fall, it's what broke relationship between Adam and Eve, between them and God, uh, and has really caused every piece of evil and suffering that's come down through history, it all comes down to pride. It all, come, all comes down to self-focus. So that, that's really the bottom line there. If we prioritize ourselves, it's very hard to prioritize others. And so part of what we're doing in this process of relationship building and by applying this passage to our lives is we're trying to, to, to actively turn our attention outward to other people so that we can show kindness to them, be patient with them, all the things we're talking about, giving them the focus, making them the priority. Yeah, that's it's it's such an uh, important point. Like we're di- it's kind of the essence of this whole thing. Is yeah, it it's changing from inward one. focus to outward focus, which is what yeah. we talked about earlier. But it, I, it's really it's taking it out of of your uh, out 
uh, I'm gonna start that again. It's <laughs> it's taking it, it's taking this focus of of what is best for me, mm. or or what do I want, or it's or um or I deserve whatever, and instead mm. it's it's putting those feelings but pushing them outwards and in caring for others in that way is is yeah. I should do this for this person not it, not because we want anything in return yeah. but because it's the it, it's it's a way to build up this relationship it's right. a way to care for the other person yeah um a relationship is a two-way street yeah you got to think about that. right uh, anyway um so number 4 moving on from 1 Corinthians 13:4 into 13:5 is uh don't be selfish um, love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs, right? This is such a major theme in the New Testament writings. It, it's to, to succeed in relationships, we must turn our eyes outward and take a genuine interest in the well-being of others. I love the use of the phrase genuine interest yeah. uh, because uh, <laughs> because God knows your heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're if you're if you're being kind to others for some uh, nefarious reason, yeah, you're not fooling anyone. Maybe you fooled the person, but ultimately God knows. Yeah. Um. So take a genuine <clears throat> interest in the well-being of others, right? Yeah. And, and at times this may come super easily. There are some are some relationships that you have that are probably super easy, super smooth. You just you know love getting to do things for the other person. You have awesome t- times of conversation and well-being. Yeah. Um, but other times, um, it can be a discipline. It can it's something that you got to think through and really think you're like how. How how am I going to take steps, take actionable steps to make this relationship better? Yeah. Um, knowing that the other per you know, how the other person reacts and acts is out of your hands, but how are you going to take steps to make this better? Yeah. Um, and that involves not being selfish. It, you know, it's in, it's it's doing things for the other person, thinking about the other person, praying for the other person. Yeah. Let that one sink, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 as we said, taking a genuine interest. Yeah, yeah I think too, it's good for us to to realize that a genuine interest um, may look different at the start than what totally. you, you want it to end up. At. So, for example, a, taking a genuine interest in the in the well being of others may be something that initially just really goes against your grain, and you're really fighting your self-centeredness, you're fighting against your urge to make yourself the priority. And it may be, it may start out with this idea that I'm not really psyched about laying aside my needs for the needs of this other person. Um, but, and that's where it begins as a discipline, where you just decide, this is what I'm going to do. You know, and this, like the the words of Jesus that I repeat often in my head lately when I'm trying to prioritize others, because I I am a super proud self-centered person at the core, and I'm constantly, with the help of Jesus, working to gain more and more victory over that. And that's why I th- Jesus spoke so often about, about sort of us rearranging the way we see ourselves fitting with other mm-hmm. people, placing others as, uh, instead of as beneath us, placing them right beside us. And I know for me, just his simple words of, uh, when he told his disciples, if you, if you want to be my follower, you must Take up your. You must deny, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me, and that's a phrase that um, sounds really self-deprecating, but it's something that I have begun to repeat to myself often: deny myself, take up my cross, and follow Jesus. And so there's this, there's a desire in me 
to become like Christ and to prioritize others. But then there's the momentary instinct in me to prioritize myself and do whatever makes me happy. And so I have to willfully make that switch moment by moment. I have to decide, no, I'm not going to go down my old, I'm not going to go in the rut in my heart, which is to focus on me. I'm going to decide to to do the right thing, to carve a new groove, to build new habits, and to to change things. So it does start out as a discipline very often. Some relationships where you just click with people, it make them very easily, like Jason was saying. But a lot of the time, it's just going to be, it's going to be tough at first. Mm-hmm. But I think over time, the repetition of that of that habit, the repetition of prioritizing others, can cause a gradual transformation on the inside of you, where that that desire becomes more genuine and becomes more um, more second nature over time. Yeah. Anyway, shall we move on to the next one? Number five. Uh, we've talked about be patient, be kind, don't be proud, don't be selfish. And fifth, and finally, don't give up. First uh, Corinthians thirteen seven says, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And, and I think it's important for us to have a realistic view of relationships here, and that's, I think, what this point helps us to do. That relationship building or improving or, you know, building love into a relationship is not like a snap your fingers overnight kind of process. It doesn't just happen suddenly. It takes time. Lots of mistakes will be made. There will be lots of failures along the way. Sometimes it'll feel like a two-step forward, one-step back kind of situation. Uh, Old hurts and habits will not go away suddenly. So you may be in a long-standing relationship where there is a lot, a lot of piled-up baggage because maybe the relationship has been toxic for a long period of time. And those those old hurts don't just vanish suddenly because you make one or two good choices. It takes time. You have to stick with it. And I think that that brings us to an important point, which is sometimes <clears throat> sometimes the best thing that you can do for a relationship is just keep going, is just stick with it. Go ahead. In the words of Jason Mraz, I won't give up on us, <laughs> even if the skies get rough. What a great... <laughs> it literally was playing in my head the entire time you were just talking right now oh. that song along with what you were saying of course I was thinking Bring Me a Higher Love when you were talking about um, I don't know that song <laughs> oh well maybe we'll link it in the show notes okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Spotify. it's an old one uh, let's check out a quote that I think is really great on this on this topic of of not giving up or persevering uh, this is from Tom's book page 131 uh, and I think this is really it's kind of a moving picture of what perseverance can be <clears throat> Tom says, the word persevere has a compelling picture behind it in the Greek language. It's the picture of a soldier who, when the enemy was approaching, would tie their leg to their fellow soldier. And by doing so, if fear were to overtake them, they wouldn't find themselves running away and leaving their friend to fight the battle alone. They literally bound themselves together so that they could fight the battle together. You might be right on the edge of quitting in a relationship. Hear again from Scripture the truth about the power of love. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Who do you need to decide to bind yourself to? Say these words to them. I'll face this with you. I believe in you. I'll look forward to the future with you. Even when every bone in my body wants to run and hide, we're bound together. I will stay with you and we'll overcome this together. I I love that picture and the, um, the, just the, this kind of strengthens the focus on um, riding out the tough seasons, mm-hmm. sticking by one another, um, deciding to um, forgive one another, to, to make better choices, knowing that with time you can get to a better place. Um, 
I've heard I've heard people say a few times who've been married a long time, and again, we're not just focusing on marriage here, we're talking about relationships in general, but this principle applies to all of them. This idea that, um, you know, I, I've heard some, some older people who've been married for maybe 50, 60 years be asked the question, what's the secret to a long marriage? And I've heard some of them semi-facetiously say, just stay married. And although that seems like a really simplistic answer, there's, there's a reality, to, there's a real truth in that. Like, not only do you literally keep the institution of marriage going by staying married, but you also get better at the relationship if you'll just stick with it. You ride out the tough seasons, you understand each other better, you learn to, to, to subvert some of your own desires and needs in order to accommodate the other person, and with time, you get better at that. So there is a practice makes perfect kind of aspect to this. Yeah, totally. I think uh, expect or or just know that there will be hard seasons in relationships. There will be. No relationship is perfect, you know, on this earth. And so there will be hard seasons. So if you just know that going in, then when one comes, it doesn't, it's not like, you know, a fight or flight kind of ideal where like, oh, I got to get out. Like, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. Just say, okay, it's, it's time to hunker down <laughs> yeah. and really take it upon yourself because you're not responsible for the other person. Take it upon yourself to say, okay, how can I love this other person better in this time? Yeah. How can I learn um, uh, to speak to them better in a way that that they, you know, can, you know, really sink into yeah um so it's really so take it upon yourself to learn how to better love the other person in your relationship yeah and then maybe the other person's doing the same thing if you send them this episode yeah <laughs> if, if you are in a relationship now with a friend or a family member or with a kid or, or anybody if you're in a relationship that is harder than you thought it was going to be and seems kind of hopeless, just know that it may not actually mean that that relationship is hopeless. It may just mean that your expectations were mm-hmm. wrong, that you entered the relationship with the wrong expectations. Uh, and that, that I know that was a big one for Joyce and I when we got married. You know, we both brought expectations. We'd never been married before. We're figuring that all out. And we both had a sort of this like rosy picture of what the relationship was going to look like. And then we got into the reality of marriage, which is tough. And involves a lot of. Joyce said, "What did I do? (laughs) (laughs) What did I do to deserve you? (laughs) Where did I go wrong?" Um, Yeah, we got into the reality of the relationship, and then we had to figure that out and decide. Okay, it's not what we it's not what we pictured because it's just when you get married, you picture just life is going to be happy, and every time someone tells you that that it's hard, you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure," but not for us. (laughs) And then you get into it and like, "Oh, actually, yeah, I got you. This pair of rose tinted glasses." (laughs) Yeah, so just know, like, if you get into a relationship and it feels harder than you expected, it may not be as hopeless as it appears to be. Um, your expectations just may have been way off, and yeah. now you need to deal with the real, like, deal with the real circumstances and and make real changes to make the relationship the kind of relationship you want, and one that's honoring to Jesus, of course. Yes. Shall we talk doables? Doables! Ding! Is that the sound? It's not the sound. Okay. Last week, we had a super easy, like, do this, you know, see how you do kind of thing. We got another one of those for you today. Mm. So, um, the, the doable for this week. Identify which relationship in your life is most in need of refreshing. It's probably the person that you immediately have been thinking of this entire episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, so, the steps. Okay, plan and execute one act of kindness 
no matter how small. Again, no matter how small. So one act of kindness per day for the next seven days and follow through. Uh, guys, it can be something as simple as send a, a text saying, I hope you're having a good day. Yeah. That's, that's literally probably the simplest thing that you could do. Yeah. Um, or it could be some, you know, something a little grander, but yeah. it can be as simple as that. So see what happens when you inject love into that relationship and then see in a week and just see if, you know, how things have changed in a week and yeah. maybe they have and maybe they haven't. If they haven't, that's all right. Just keep doing it. Don't yeah. give up. Persevere. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's all I had to say about that. Yeah. And remember, it's one act of kindness per day not one for the seven days <laughs> you're not like oh that's a good a I, I should have thing. clarified you that may i have suppose said that. i'm not sure if you did but i just want to make one sure that's per day do one a day here's a, a point that i think is worth making on that something as tiny as a text message or some tiny little gesture like a tiny little olive branch act of kindness can seem like a really insignificant thing but when you when you think of and I, you know, I don't know how what the quality of your relationships are, is like overall, but if you're thinking of the most strained relationship in your life, it can be really amazing how much of a difference one very small act of kindness can actually produce. Where if things have gotten to a really negative, really unpleasant place, one little act of kindness can be an absolute beam of light into that dark situation that will suddenly start to slowly... I don't think we should overpromise here and make yeah, it out yeah, as yeah. if like one act of kindness is going to dramatically. Voila. But it's amazing how one act of kindness in a really ugly situation can really pierce through and and hit with a lot of impact. And so if you'll make a habit, and we're just saying let's lay out the next seven days. If you'll just make a habit for the next seven days of doing one act of kindness, no matter how small, you might be surprised how much how much of a shift can happen in, in at least the tone of that relationship, if not the quality. Yeah, and don't forget, be patient, be kind. Don't be proud. Don't be selfish. Don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. And don't do your acts of kindness with ulterior motives. Don't be manipulative with it. Focus on the good of the other person and not on your own. Have yes. we added enough caveats to that? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded simple when at the time. <laughs> it still is. All right. Let's wrap it up there. Guys, thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. We're going to pick up again next week with the next week in Pastor Tom's book. So please join us for that. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows, your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.